This week's episode, we will be discussing a pre-med student that was killed in his college apartment, and there seemed to be no sign of a break-in. That's it. Short and sweet intro today, you guys. We are your hosts, Helen Allen. (laughs) And I'm Sherry Ferreira. This is The Chalk Line. Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. the outro i mean in a nutshell that's the case no i'm just kidding no okay so (laughs) this case i shit you not is like um probably it if it were a better known case which unfortunately it isn't if it were though i think it would send people to school for forensics because people would read this case and be like wow that is really cool stuff so that's what got me excited to deliver the case this week And we're just going to jump right in. Michael Andrade was a pre-med student at St. Mary's University in San Antonio, Texas. Um, And he didn't want to live in the dorms. I'm not sure if at St. Mary's University it's normal to or not. At my school, I went to University of Delaware. It's, um, you have to live on dorms the first year, in dorms the first year. And then the second year, it's really normal to go off campus. And I know it's not the same at a lot of schools, but you know, so I'm not really sure what exactly was the norm, but for him, he didn't want to live in the dorms. So he got an apartment off campus. He specifically chose this apartment because it was family oriented and it felt very safe, which that is going to be the heart wrenching part of this story. But I mean, smart kid. That that's what I would do. I was like, put me where it's listen. Safe. He was pre med. Of course, he was you smart. Know. I mean, a doctor. A doctor. <laughs> a doctor's in the house. A doctor. A doctor's in the house. Oh my god. A doctor. In February 2005, some maintenance workers smelled smoke coming from Michael's apartment, um, and they noticed that the windows were coated with soot. So they decided, you know, let's figure this out. What's going on? That's weird. It seemed like it had been happening for a bit, you know? If the windows are coated with soot and the smoke is coming out of the apartment, they kind of figured, like, no one was in there, you know? So they went up to the apartment and the door was locked, so they called first responders. And actually, when the first responders got into the apartment, they were forced out of it because of how much smoke there was. But then they actually had to go back in, and that is when they found Michael's body. Now, Michael had been strangled to death. And his body was somewhat burned, um, but it was kind of prevented from being too burned because the fire didn't get to take over. Um, it appeared also that he had one at one point been, like, tied up with his hands behind him. Okay. Yeah, so. All right, wait, so do they, do they determine where the fire was coming from? Like, was it the whole place was on fire, or did it start from somewhere? Am I A little ahead? bit, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Okay, I'll talk. I'll talk. Dial it back. <laughs> I'll dial it back. I'll dial it back. No, so the first thing that they know is that there's no signs of forced entry. Because, of course, if there's a giant fire in the apartment, they're like, who is the arsonist? You know, who who broke in and started this fire? But right. there's literally no signs of any forced entry. So they're like, okay. And also they notice that there's some electronics missing. And they are able to notice this because there's soot on the, like, desk and stuff. But there's spaces with less soot that look like, oh, a laptop sat there, you know. So 
they notice that the entertainment center, the speakers are, like, hanging off the front. Um, and then whatever speakers were connected to it, or whatever the speakers were connected to, was missing. And then, like I said, there was a spot on the desk that you could tell that there was a computer there. This also meant that the computer was stolen after the fire started. So, what was on the computer that the person would have to go back there and get it? Like, what what idiot... Well, girl, I... you will find out. So... The answer to your question, the fire was started in three different locations. However, it was not started with accelerant, and the first responders were able to note this because there were no big flames. It was really just, like, little fires everywhere. I hate to do that, but (laughs) good show, though. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Off the bat, I was like, three small ones? Why not just have one big one? I mean girl who knows nothing and about we're just like me. two very dramatic people so <laughs> we're very dramatic individuals right. <laughs> so we're like why not go big but right. anyway so the there was like this winged back chair which was the site of one of the fires the foot of the bed was another and then the third fire was started on the floor of the bedroom closet now at this point they're like okay um we're thinking that michael knew the person that came in here and started the fire. And here's why. Michael had been wearing just a t-shirt and boxer shorts. And so they were like, if there's no forced entry and he's wearing this, like, he probably expected the person to come and, like, willingly let them inside. And it's got to be somebody he knows because he wouldn't just be in boxer shorts with, like, the mailman. Right. You got to be comfortable to do that. So, investigators were, like, essentially waiting for the stolen goods to show up somewhere, like, if somebody was going to bring the computer to a pawn shop or something like that, or for the murderer to start bragging about the crime. Um, You know, like, very, like, Gypsy Mm. Rose Blanchard, like, writing on Facebook about it. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, they literally had nothing at this point. So, the... Oh my god, I just literally had such a brain fart. I was like, what is that thing called? The autopsy revealed that... I don't know why I totally forgot. I'm like, huh? Uh, So I'm just going to come right out and say, you guys, if I'm a shit show this episode, I do have COVID. I have no symptoms, so really I'm just blaming COVID for no reason. But you know what? If we can't do that, then what are we here for? Right. We need to get something out of this. So give her her a break. As Give long as COVID is a thing, I want to be blaming We're going to push through. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so the autopsy report did find that there were no smoke in his lungs. So that meant that he was murdered before the fire started. Now. All right. Which is what I kind of assumed, like, after hearing that he had his hands tied behind his back and he was strangled. I'm like, it seems like. And then the fire, like, there's a lot absolutely. going on. And also, like, like, there's no way that this all just happened at once. I At this point, I'm also thinking, like, if he does know the killer, maybe it's it's overkill because it's a crime of passion. You know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe the killer strangled yeah. him but was still so mad and set the fire or, or whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they found that Michael died in a face-down position because they found soot on the back of his body. And then he was strangled from what they found a piece of cloth ripped from the bedspread. They also found fiberglass insulation on the body. And this was really unusual because there was very 
little like structural damage from the fire. Like I said, it wasn't a big fire. So it's not like it was like starting to take out a wall and there was insulation or whatever. And it's unusual right. also to see only the fire fiberglass from insulation and no like other debris like wood or burned nails or anything like that. So this is just all noted in the investigation. But at this point they have no suspects. Like they Michael never really had any problems with anyone. He had no enemies. Of course he was a doctor. He's, he's a good guy. He's Everyone a doctor. Loves a doctor. Then they find that he has a longtime girlfriend. Lily Massius, I believe is how you say her last name. Um, she was 22 at the time. Um, and they actually found out that she was angry with him at the time. She was also a student. And that morning at 8.30, she left a, mo- a voicemail for Michael that ultimately said she was done with their relationship. Obviously, this makes investigators be like, all right, cover. <laughs> but. I mean, yeah, not a breakup right before his death. That's so, like. Yeah. That's a lot. Right. So then you can imagine that what a blow to the investigators it was to find out that Lily had an alibi. She was actually working at her part-time job, and she was just nowhere near the fire. She was also very forthcoming. She allowed them to search her apartment and her car. And so ultimately, she was eliminated as a suspect, and I can only imagine that that's the saddest, worst way to break up with someone. Oh my god, right, because you can't... Because here you were being like, oh my god, not on the day of his death. (laughs) (laughs) It's like this bitch. But no, that is so heartbreaking, because you know, even after a breakup, you still hold on to some of that. Oh, you still love the person. It didn't work. It's a lot. Or maybe you don't love the person. I don't know. But in this case, it, it didn't seem like... There was any love loss. I think it just didn't work, you know? Michael's sister actually ended up giving the first solid lead to investigators um, because she had told them that Michael had been complaining about a man he saw around the complex. He said, quote, his character seemed a little off, but nothing ever really happened. Um, And he told his sister multiple times that he just, like, felt uneasy about this man. Michael had never explicitly said who the man was, um, so investigators began to look for public help. And I just want to note to you guys, like, if you ever think that, like, there's a person around your home that's sketchy, could you get a name or, like, a picture? <laughs> I love right. complaining honestly, to your sister about it. It's great that he did that because it did help investigators so much. But, like, find out what, what unit he lives in or or what his car looks like. Or, like, there's just... Right, or t- sneak a... What I'm trying to say is that all of these, like, I am teaching my little brother this now that he's in high school, is to, like, listen to your gut. Like, you're feeling something for Mm -hmm. a reason, and a lot of details would have helped, I'm imagining, in them finding this guy. Because maybe your gut has these instinctual alarm bells on purpose. Like, there's a reason why this guy seems sketchy to him. And even if it's, like, this time... He got off scot-free. Like, you never know. It's it's just so much better to be safe than sorry. And more details are always better than less. So take a picture right. of the person that's creeping so you out. Who is- <laughs> that's all I have to say. Yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> what? It's for a project. None of your business. <laughs> I don't know. What would you say? I, it's easier said than done because no, if I, I'm I creeped out by someone, I'm not going to, like, take a picture of them. But... Take a mental picture and then text your friend everything no, but, about them. 
Right. Be like Helen. <laughs> be that paranoid, always unaware. I'm sorry, but being paranoid it, it helps saves out so lives. It really does. So, okay, so do they... Who 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 is this creepy so, guy? So, like I said, investigators look to the public for help. Now, there was an anonymous tip through Crime Stoppers. And this is like, I, I swear to you guys, this is the ultimate anonymous tip because it had like all of the details and also none of them. The tip said <laughs> that the killer didn't enter the apartment through the front door. He entered through an attic crawl space. To which I say, are you the killer? How do you know that? Like, what... Uh, are you? <laughs> I don't get. Are you Coraline? Are we supposed like, to believe in psychics now? So anyway, so the tipster also knew that the laptop was missing and what the contents on the laptop were, which this stuff was never published to the public. So investigators then looked around his apartment once more, and they actually found a panel opening in the ceiling of Michael's closet. And someone could definitely access other apartments through this crawl space. Isn't it scary? Imagine being a resident there. I would move out. As soon as I see this, I would, I don't even, I don't need my furniture. I don't need my belongings. I'm out. I'm never going back to the No. (laughs) Immediately, no. Immediately, I'm leaving. That is how you get me to move out of somewhere. You know? I, you just let me know that there's someone in the crawl space. I'm out. I'm, I'm done. Do you remember that, like, viral video of the, like, couple living in New York City? And, like, he thought that his, like, girlfriend, I don't know if it was girlfriend or wife, but he thought that she was, like, eating all their food in the middle of the night. So he, like, put up a camera and he was like, I'm going to catch you in the act eating food in the middle of the night when you're sleepwalking. And she was like, no, you're not. I swear to God, I'm not doing that. And what they actually caught in their ceiling and coming out in the middle of the night and, like, drinking their milk and watching TV and shit. Like, literally sitting on the couch. Like, they made themselves out. <laughs> and let me tell like, you, excuse me? I've heard of this, and there's so many other cases of it. Staying in people's basements or attics and then just coming out. Yeah, it, I mean, is that, like, squatting? That's what I thought it was, squatting. So investigators then looked around the apartment once more because they were like, let's find this crawl space. And they find it. Now. They go into the crawl space to find where the insulation was, like, matted. Because they're, like, essentially following a trail of insulation that's matted. Oh, okay. Now, they found that the insulation was only matted between Michael's apartment and apartment 1002. The tenant at this apartment is Maria Solis, and she is a single mother who lives there with her three-year-old son. So at this point, I'm like, okay, so who broke into her apartment? Like, <laughs> it can't be her. I'm like, I know she's not doing, I know the single mother of a three-year-old is not crawling through the damn crawl space. Listen, I used to teach three-year-olds, and that shit is hard enough. You don't also want to commit murder. Like, you know what I mean? You don't have the time. <laughs> you, <laughs> you do not have the time. You have enough really, going on. It's not her. I know that right. for sure. So they look into her, and she says she doesn't know Michael, and she didn't know where he lives, and investigators don't believe her. And I'm like, thank God for them, because I would have been like, okay, Maria, see you later, I believe you. Um, But they actually... (laughs) Bye, little Timmy! (laughs) One investigator is, like, sitting there listening to this story, and he's like, yeah, not buying it. Uh, Maria, can I see your vacuum? And she's like, what? Why? 
So they take her vacuum cleaner, and then they take the clothes in her hamper, and they go to the lab, and they test it. And they found a pair of men's jeans amongst her clothing in the hamper that had tiny glass fibers on them. Maria, what the fuck? Yeah, I I was feeling real betrayed by Maria at this point. So the small air pockets within these glass fibers, they were able to see that they actually had expanded, which created this like distinctive like football kind of shape. And this indicated that it had been either in or near a fire because that is what happens to these glass fibers when they are burned. Investigators haul ass to Michael's house. <laughs> no, and then... <laughs> this just in. Investigators hauled ass to the scene. And so they find like... that the charred insulation on the jeans actually were a match for the insulation on Michael's body. It was burnt insulation on the jeans also. So it's not like someone could just, like, claim that they, like, work construction or something like that. You know what I mean? They're like, this is very specific insulation from this exact place that was burned exactly here. You know? Um, Also, they find wrapped around a spool in the vacuum cleaner, highly distinctive thread. This, like, black polyester fibers wrapped around cotton fibers and then colored with an unusual combination of dyes. Now, this thread was consistent with the thread found around Michael's neck. Okay. Investigators also found a video camera and keys to a Ford truck. The camera that they found was actually Michael's, and it had his family pictures on it, and... The keys were to his Ford F-150. Investigators are like, okay, Maria girl, what is going on? This feels a little too big for your britches. <laughs> like, who owned the men's jeans in your hamper? And she is not budging. But right. after threatening her with prosecution, she's like, okay, I have a roommate. And they're like, yeah, we thought so, Maria. I mean, really, you don't fit in those jeans. Uh, you want to tell me you have a three-year-old and you put those big-ass men's jeans on and, like, crawled through a crawl space? It just doesn't add up, Maria. Who did that? And so it turns out her roommate is 25-year-old Joe Luna. She met him on the internet Um And the two of them actually had this, like, very manipulative relationship. Like, he just kind of wanted to live with her. Like, it really wasn't um, a sweet relationship by any means. She claimed that she knew nothing of Joe's criminal past, but he had served five years for carjacking and aggravated assault on a police officer. And he was also wanted for a series of home invasions that had, like, a very similar mark as the Michael Andrade case. He would break in, he would cut the bedsheets up, tie up people with the bedsheets, and he actually terrorized five separate people, three of whom were families with children. Brooke Envick, a victim of one of these times, found cigarette butts from her crime scene that matched Joe Luna's DNA. So they were able to link him to both those crimes matter-of-factly. Five days after Michael's murder. Just five days. This is how fast investigators were moving. And I just have to say, credit where credit is due, because we don't usually get to praise investigators. (laughs) So. At all. Very rare over here. Very Very rare. rare. So, um, (laughs) right. So they, they arrested him and charged him with the crime just five days later. 
Um, when questioned, he said, quote, I don't see myself in a position to have to do something like that. <laughs> Excuse me? Joe, nobody has to murder anybody ever. What do you mean you don't see yourself in a position to do it? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> no one no one just gets up and is like, I am in the position There's no other option. I have murder. to do this. Mm-hmm. That's the position I'm right, in. Right. Like, like calm down. I feel like investigators should have been calm like, down. okay, Joe, elaborate on what that position looks like. <laughs> Truly. But, so, at this point, so he's actually fun. facing a possible death sentence because of everything going on. They're just like, what a monster. I mean, really, like, what a monster. Wait, did I... What state is this in? Texas. Let's get into, like, the why and the how. Now, because of the warrants out for his arrest, that is why Joe wanted to date Maria. Because he spent most of his time in his apartment. Now, this is a direct quote from Joe. Quote, with nothing to do, I discovered there was a crawl space above the apartment. Joe, take up knitting. What? Joe, turn yourself in. Also, why is he just poking around? (laughs) Yeah, stop poking around, Joe. Find something better to do. I don't... With nothing to do, I just started poking at the ceiling tiles. What the hell? It's really just, so it was like a total crime of opportunity. This dumbass. Right, but also, did he just go digging around in like the crawl spaces and be like, hmm, I wonder where this leads? Like, literally, he did. What the hell? He did that. So he killed Michael because Michael woke up as he was creeping into his closet, which, to which I have to say, oh my God, could you imagine waking up in the night? And then there's just, like, a man descending from the ceiling of your closet. Like, if that is not the shit that nightmares are made of, just, like, It's sit, what my nightmares are going to be made of tonight. Sit that for one more <laughs> like, than a second. And I'm, like, I'm shaking in my boots. But so, and then he set fire to the clothes in Michael's closet and went right back through the crawl space. Now, when he noticed that the fire alarm wasn't going off, he went back in through the crawl space again And he set more fires. And now this is when he stole the computer and the car keys. When he got back to his apartment, or should I say Maria's apartment, he had shed fibers from Michael's apartment. So he vacuumed them up and put his jeans in the hamper. And to which I wrote in my notes, classic man, LOL, can't even empty the vacuum cleaner or do his own laundry. (laughs) (laughs) But really, I'm sorry, but this is what took him down. Lazy ass. <laughs> Good. What a piece of shit. So next time, actually, I can't even oh, say God. this. I was going to say next time Matt doesn't want to do the laundry, I'm going to frame him for a crime. But I don't do the laundry Matt does, so he could actually frame me for a crime. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, apparently he also oh. had confessed to his girlfriend, Maria, that he killed Michael. So... Maria, I have a bone to pick with you. Maria, what is I know. good? She's now, like, right. being so innocent. Like, I don't like to say the four-letter word. Kill. She means kill. I'm like, okay, bitch, if you can't say kill, oh. then maybe you shouldn't be living with and dating a murderer. Like, I don't feel bad for you, Maria. Say kill. K-I-L-L. Mata. <laughs> I can say it in several languages. I hate that. <laughs> Like, why is she trying to be cute? I know. It's just... That's so annoying. I really felt... I know. I was like, Ugh. damn, single mom raising a three-year-old, that's not easy. You know what's also not easy? Living with a murderer on purpose, Maria. You're doing this to yourself, my girl. 
Right. You think some people would have just a little more compassion, but it's, it's Yeah, so but it's selfish. not like Joe was paying the rent. Like, she literally met this man on, like, the internet and then let him stay in her house rent-free without a question? You're not going to ask a goddamn question where he went in the middle of the day? Through the crawl space? <laughs> Excuse me? Like the little rat that he Literally. is. So Joe Luna headed for his trial, insisting that he was innocent. But with everything against him, he just like had to reconsider that. So he ended up pleading guilty and admitted what he did in open court. And he was ultimately sentenced to death. Now, during the trial, he Sad. also admitted it to admitted it, admitted to dozens of other crimes, some of which prosecutors said that they didn't even know about. Um, Even with all of these admissions, there are some attorneys on the case that really believed that if some things were brought up in the trial, the outcome would have been different. I guess in terms of, like, if he got life without parole or the death sentence. Psychologist Jack Farrell, who interviewed Joe Luna in 2009 for an appeal, testified that jurors should have learned more about the defendant's, quote, chaotic childhood, his mental issues, and how he slipped through the cracks at school. I just want to end the episode on this quote from the Forensics Files episode. Quote, there could be nothing worse than Joe Luna coming out of your closet. <laughs> That's a real quote from the episode. And I'm like, actually, you're right. Happy Pride! Happy Pride! <laughs> the only person I don't want coming out of the closet is Joe Luna. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can catch us on Instagram at the Chalkline Pod. Twitter at the Chalkline Pod. And follow along with our YouTube channel. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story.